Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Somebody said they didn't like anything Kid Rock. Here you go. Courtesy of Colin. Um, okay. It's not Kid Rock. It's a ripoff. That's Warren Zevon. <laughs> Did I hit a nerve? <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So in what sounds like would be a challenge on a cooking show, Brian and Michael, excuse me, Bri- yeah, Brian and Michael Voltaggio, who both have done very well in food competitions, particularly um, on Top Chef, which is like the most respected one that's out there. But they're two brothers who both have done very well independently with restaurants, have come together to do a new restaurant. They're calling it a pop-up, like a culinary residency at uh, the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. And it's, it's called Retro. And the idea behind it is that they are taking your favorite foods out of your childhood <laughs> or your most popular foods out of your childhood, maybe not your favorite. Uh-huh and redoing them and upscaling them into a new new concept which is exactly what you would have to do on a cooking show that's exactly what master chef would do is say here's a grilled cheese now give me an upscale grilled cheese or here's pot roast give me an upscale pot roast um i tried to get to the website for this for retro by voltaggio at mandalay bay um there's a cyber attack that affected uh, particularly the MGM resorts in Las Vegas, yep. which uh, Mandalay Bay is. I can't get to their website <laughs> of because of the cyber attack. But we've got multiple stories about it that tell us what kind of food they're going to do. Yeah, and it, some of it is the kind of thing you would expect. A lot of these things, though, I don't know that I would necessarily put in the in the quote unquote kid food realm. Mm-hmm. But they all have that that sort of you know comfort food slash kid food. Um, I mean, grilled cheese is on here, as a matter of fact. Um, And one of the things that I thought was was curious is there's an article that follows this one on Food Beast Mm -hmm. that had one that I think would be a fascinating platform for this because, as you might expect, their their take on spaghettios with meatballs is front and center. They they say it's Voltaggio's house made O's, which are you know ringed pasta, already out of butter, and a giant meatball. So that's there. That's, you know, SpaghettiOs is already covered. I, I was joking around about beefaroni on the thread earlier today. I was like, yeah, yeah. where's my beefaroni, man? Come on, throw a dude mm-hmm. bone. But they have uh, pepperoni rolls that you can dip in dipping. Anything you dip in dipping sauce, that's a very mm-hmm. kid thing. Um, but curiously, one of the ones that they have is a Caesar salad. I don't know any kid who's ever ordered a Caesar salad. Me either. And, and maybe we are, or I am, using the word kid. Yeah. Too, too loosely here. They call it nostalgia. They call it food out of the 80s and 90s. Old food. 
I mean, food that's out of date, I think is, is more of what they're talking about because you're right. There was, I have another version of the story that says there is a lobster thermidor, which no <laughs> child would ever eat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but they said that part of the concept is they're going to, it's going to be family style. They're going to bring it and cast like the old casserole dishes is how they're going to be served to your table. Pot roast is on here, served in vintage white corningware with blue flowers on the side. We all know what that dish looks like. Oh, yeah. We all had one. Yeah, we still uh, do. Yeah. Um, let's see. I was looking through. Menu highlights continue with shrimp cocktail, um, an octopus corn dog, and like you said, the Voltaggio O's, which looks incredible. It I mean, does. that's like the perfect example of what we all ate in a can. You make the pasta fresh, you make it a little bigger, Arabiata spicy. So give it a spicy sauce that mm -hmm. makes it adult, I guess. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and then they've got key lime pie, cookies and cream. So that's something where I could totally see you doing like milk and cookies, because that's something we all had as kids. Yes. Uh, and, and what I was thinking about is, like I said, the very next article on Food Beast after this that isn't related to this one is about a Lunchables grilled cheese sandwich. And I was thinking uh, about that. I mean, I yeah. think what you could do if, if you took the concept of Lunchables, which is, you know, crackers in one pouch and then, uh, you know, meat rings in another one, whether it's ham or turkey or whatever, and then cheese. If you did that, if you did an upscale version of that, that was medallions of actual real meat, not mm -hmm. that processed goo that they put in Lunchables. And had, you know, some some nice artisan crackers with, with cracked pepper on them or whatever, and some really good cheese, and you could kind of assemble that yourself and brought you, you know, brought that to you on a three-section plate. Mm -hmm. How cool would that be to have a, a, an adult version of Lunchables? I think that'd be great. 913-586-7798. What else could they do? Because it's, it's such a fantastic idea that really I don't think, it's again, it's a common competition on competition shows but i can't think of anywhere that's that's done this and this totally appeals to you and me yes well one of the other things i was thinking about is uh, um every time jen and i go to the melting pot and that's kind of our go-to for if we're having a nice dinner for some reason like we're having mm -hmm. an anniversary dinner or whatever and they even ask you when you get to the table at the melting pot so are we celebrating anything in particular tonight you know they, right. because they know that but that plate it looks like a bear footprint. It looks like a bear claw. So you've got the, the large main section where you put the meat after you cook it. And then you've got the four sections for the dipping sauces. And every time we're there, I think to myself, okay, this is what chicken McNuggets would be if it was for adults. <laughs> you know, the, so yeah. even doing something like that, you could, you could easily have just fried chicken pieces, you know, not, mm -hmm. not chicken nuggets, but something that would be sort of the, the, the more upscale version of that. And then just have a plate exactly like that for all the different dipping sauces. I think that'd be great, too. Somebody said you can buy adult Lunchables at the store. Can you really? But are they labeled that? So I've seen them. If you go, um, they're kind of in the same section as the kid Lunchables, but they are prosciutto and yes you know and stuff like that but i don't think they call them adult lunchables but that's <laughs> yeah. and i don't think they include the oreos no in the very next text said yeah lunchables are nothing but charcuterie for little kids yeah. well yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right so yeah. you could do a charcuterie trip but if you do it in that same format where it, where it's it's built for you to do that assembly line kind of uh you know kind of thing where you put it all together and then eat one at a time I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you might have to pay them to use the trademark for Lunchables, but, you know, cost you a couple of bucks. Well, and, like, put it in a bento box. 
which yeah. is the fancy lunchbox now. Yes. You know, put it, I like the idea of um, the vehicle for the thing being different. Like, I love that they're using the old Corningware. I love that they're using the white bowls with, with the blue flowers on it because we all had that. Yep. You know, what was some of that other dishware that we all had as kids that kind of went out of style? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I've talked before about the old Muggle lunch. Um, so, yeah, having something like that, having macaroni and cheese or beefaroni or whatever mm-hmm. that, w- that would be served in a tall mug that you could just use a spoon yeah. and eat it out of the mug. That would be I, you know, I'd love that at a restaurant. I think that would be great. Um now we're hearing about all the places in town that also, yes, yeah, City Barrel apparently okay. does an adult lunchable thing. Mm-hmm. So they're already on track with that. But what else can yeah. we add? You know what I was thinking about is, do you remember the old school lunch trays, the aluminum ones? Yes. Those. Yeah. Bring yeah. those back. Cook something yeah. in that and and mm-hmm. make it good, like uh, like the original Swanson dinner trays. Mm-hmm. And do something along those lines. Um, and And what, I mean... The, even the things they had in those, like the hot turkey and hot roast beef sandwiches, the, you know, the, the with the bread mm-hmm. on the bottom and the gravy over the top, the square pizza yeah. <laughs> that we only ever had that size yes. in school because it fit the tray, right? School food, it, yeah. It, it fit that big hole where the um, uh, the main dish was supposed to be. Yep. Somebody's asking, did you forget MasterChef did a similar thing with MREs? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> That's why I know oh, wow. they did it. If you're watching the current season of MasterChef where Kyle Hopkins has not made it, he he was kicked off. Um, I haven't watched that episode yet, they, but they did one where they said, take the MRE and update it well, into tell, something. I'll tell you something. The, the MREs they have now are not the ones that you're thinking of, the ones from yeah. 20 or 30 years ago. The ones they have now that you put water in and they cook by themselves, mm-hmm. those things are amazing. They are so good. Um, if you've never had one of those, and I don't know why you would, but if, if you're in the military, I'm sure you can back me up on this. A lot of those things are really awesome. The only time in my life I have ever eaten a chicken patty was in school. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not... Something we I've never purchased since then is a chicken. I'm sure, I know it exists, but like, give me an upscale chicken patty. See, in that, I think the the only kind of medallion, you know, the, there's like chicken medallions that I can think of is like Modega, um, mm-hmm. Italian food. But, yeah. if you, but if you took that same idea and took an actual piece of chicken that was cut in that same medallion and then deep fried it. So that it would be like the chicken patty from the school lunches. I mean, obviously with a better thing than just that awful breading they used. But yeah, just to have that bit of nostalgia, but in a way that's actually edible. Um, I'm trying to remember back to... That you can charge more for. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember back to what my favorite school lunches were. I was the weird kid who actually liked spaghetti and meatballs at school because my standards are really low. We <laughs> ate ragu when I was a kid, so I, I can yeah, appreciate right. that. Um, and I'm t- uh, oh, meatloaf. Meatloaf day was always a big day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think too about what the stuff that again I'm, I'm hung up on the spaghettios. It's the perfect example oh. of the garbage we ate out of a can yep. that they have improved. I got it. I got it. So the Swanson Salisbury steak. The, oh yes! That went in the microwave and only had that that piece of Salisbury steak with the brown gravy on top on one side and tater tots on the other side. You do a really good tater tot mm-hmm. and and put that on a plate in front of me. I'm going to be all over it. Um, stuff them with something. Take the tater tots <laughs> and stuff them with oh, something. Oh wow! Yeah, put a little cheese in there or maybe uh-huh. some chili or something like that. Oh, uh huh. 
Yeah, that was. You got me. Th- no, go ahead. You got me thinking now. The other thing that that came with was mashed potatoes that always had the crust on top when you <laughs> yes. when you microwaved it because there's no way to do that and not not have that happen. And then whatever that apple dessert was, that warm apple dessert went in the other one. Yeah, the apple compote. Oh, gotta love that. Um, yeah, uh, boy. So and some of these are coming in off of the text line as well. That uh, they said I I don't know about meatloaf. But chili and cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah, that's that's a big deal that's around here. I thing. still have not I still have not brought myself to do that, but I understand that's a huge Kansas City thing. I've never had it. I've and I've never seen it anywhere but here. So um if you want to weigh in, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. What out of your childhood would you like to see them reimagine into something you would pay? Las Vegas prices for. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments. Still to come, we have a cruise ship supposed to be in the water, stay in the water, didn't stay in the water. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Thanks for being with us here on a Wednesday afternoon. All right. If you do a cruise to Greenland, there aren't a lot of cities that you stop in on that trip. A lot of times of what you do is, (laughs) excuse me, (coughs) the cough that won't die. The cough that will not go away ever. You're right. (laughs) No. We can't have Um, both of us go down (laughs) within the space of two days. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, So what you will do is, I can't. I'll take over. No problem. I got your back. So Uh, so you go down yesterday. (laughs) She goes down today. What happens if you both go down on the same day? Is it just my show at that point? What happens? It was, yeah. It was right after noon yesterday. Should I explain that, by the way, about why I suddenly disappeared for two hours yesterday? I didn't know if you wanted us to say, so (laughs) we didn't get into it yesterday. I even tweeted about it yesterday. No, I don't Um, care. I'm an open book. Um, Yeah, no, It's if if there there was, in fact, a reason, and I'm sure I scared the living daylights out of poor Colin there in the other room. Um, (laughs) Me too, because he said John is gone. Yeah. Yeah. where I actually was was on the floor of this here very studio. So um, it's it's a thing that happens to me on occasion, and I'm not the only one that goes through this. There are, there are several of us. My son, unfortunately, is one of them. Where uh, it's a it's a muscle spasm that happens in your esophagus, which is the tube that goes between your mouth and your stomach. So if it happens when you're not eating, it you just feel a little flutter. But if it happens while you're eating. Everything goes immediately to heck, and uh, all of a sudden you're in intense pain. It's not choking. There's a huge distinction. Your, your windpipe is not involved in this. This is not choking. It's not dangerous. But, oh, my Lord, does it hurt. And, and you can't really do anything until it clears. There, there's nothing you can do about it, and it's intensely painful. And that happened to me right at noon yesterday as I was trying to you know grab a little bite of something in between uh, hours on the show. And it was one of the worst bouts of it I've ever had. In fact, it was the second worst bout of it I've ever had in my life. And uh, and so that's why it's just, like I said, the pain just racks you. Yeah, Colin said, John's down. <laughs> I said, <laughs> what do you mean he's he down? down? Something has gone wrong. So I mean, even the boss came in. And, and I, yeah. I know this because I saw his feet. <laughs> I know what shoes he was wearing. So I was like, oh, okay, really? It's all right. And uh, when he saw me after it was all over with, he said, you need to go home. Yeah. So I did. Yes. I just have a tickle I can't get rid of. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. From this cold I had two weeks ago. So I will try. So usually what will happen on a cruise to Greenland, and I know this from when we did Norway, is 
you will, there aren't a lot of cities that you can stop in. So usually what they do is the boat, the ship that you're on, pulls into the water, pulls into the fjords, and just... I can't think of what that term is, but where they just they just put the anchor down. Yeah. And then any of your excursions you do from the ship. So instead of pulling into a city, kayaks, whatever the thing is, you just pull and do from the ship. That is what happened. And the reason I, well, I don't know how the ship went went on ground, but that's what they were doing. 206 passengers on board in this very remote stretch of Greenland. You are hundreds of miles into the Arctic Circle on the east side of the island and they said um the tide came at the wrong time and it ran on ground yeah so now this thing's just sitting there there were now it's a fairly small boat uh a fairly small ship as you as jamie said i mean 206 people on board which isn't an insignificant number but most cruise ships are a few thousand people oh, i yeah. mean they're you know bigger than that um so yeah it, and it just grounded and now the problem that they have is that when it got stuck, when the tide went out, it got stuck in such a way that even when the tide comes back in, it's still not going to be free. So I guess it moves a little bit and gets itself even more stuck. And it did. But here's the real trick is where they are, they don't have anything that can that's capable of pulling it out. Right. So it's just stuck. And... It is so far from anything that it's going to take a while to get another ship there yep. to even deal with it, get passengers off. And so today's Wednesday. So they said it's going to be at least Friday before anybody arrives. <laughs> and in the meantime, I mean, how many excursions can you do to the same fjord, right? right I mean, the right. people on board are going to get really, really bored after a while. Yeah, they said as soon as possible, we'll, we'll fly over it to get images to help excuse me help us evaluate what to do there but it's going to be a bit yeah and and they've also got to be concerned about uh i you know, i don't know what the the terrain is underneath it i guess it's not really terrain but you know, what the bottom looks like because they've got to be concerned if it's stuck on something I mean, the last thing you want to have happen is you throw a big you know, line to that boat from another boat that's capable of getting it out of there and then when you're pulling it out you rip a hole in the bottom of it I mean, if it's not just silt, if it's not just like a dry, like a lake bed underneath mm -hmm. there, you could end up in real trouble. So, yeah, they've got a lot. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot of moving parts involved in an, in an operation like this. So I wish them luck with it. But for the time being, I can't see how they're going to get that thing out of there. Yeah. So we'll see what they end up doing about that here over the next couple of days. All right, uh, coming up after the break, there was um, a Senate book ban hearing underway. And you have a lawmaker that got a little not safe for work in the middle of that hearing. We'll get to that coming up here on KMEZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here with you on a Wednesday. Okay, there was a Senate hearing to talk about book bans. And during that hearing, you have a 71-year-old senator got a little graphic during <laughs> during this hearing. Yeah, he did. Um, it's always fun when things like this are read right into the congressional record, but that's what happened yesterday. Senator John Kennedy, not that one, um, and not related, I don't think, but uh, yeah, he was there advocating on behalf of banning certain books from school libraries. You know, this has been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but there seems to be a new push to um, to make libraries the battleground in the culture wars or whatever nonsense they're calling it now. Uh, so in order to make his case, Senator Kennedy read from a couple of books that uh, that ostensibly were available in some school libraries, books called All Boys Aren't Blue and Gender Queer, because that seems to be the real sticking point now. This is not just, yeah. you know, the, the book bans are surrounding not books that are deemed to be offensive in one way or another. Mm-hmm. They, they all seem to be offensive in exactly the same way in that there are people who don't want anybody to ever read anything about gay people. So the books all have that as their... Um, as as their sort of central storyline. And these are novels we're talking about, not memoirs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he read from a couple of these books. Uh, one of the lines he read was, he asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself, which apparently he found terribly offensive. Wow. Uh, and, and there were other things as well that, um, you know, as we heard during the top of the hour news, it was either this hour or the last hour, that really what they're establishing here is that there are agreements that some things are not suitable for a younger audience, but mm-hmm. the question becomes whose responsibility is it to decide what they can have access to? Um, is it Alexi Julius? Yes. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Illinois secretary of state. He's had that job for a long time. Um, the quote from him was from Kennedy, Mr. Secretary, what are you asking us to do? Are you suggesting that only librarians should decide whether the two books I just referenced should be available to kids? That's at the heart of this, is who gets to make that decision. Yeah, and, and that it's an interesting term. When you say available to kids, um, okay, well, again, what you know, not everybody is going to agree on what should be available to their kids. So... That question about, you know, are you telling me this should be available to kids? I'm not telling you it should or shouldn't. I'm telling you I think it's up to the parents to decide what their kids are going to have access to or what their kids should be advised to read or advised to stay away from. The quote from Alexi Genelius in response was, um, we never checked out books without our parents seeing what books we were reading. So... Just because the books are in the library doesn't mean kids are automatically going to read them. Parents are going to have the say and and at least be aware of what their kids are checking out. Sure. And, and the case has been made as well that the kids who are going to read those books in the school library are the kids who are going to need them. That they're, yeah. they're already going to be dealing with some issues that... Uh, you know, a book like that might help them be able to understand a little bit better. So... 
I, I, I mean, I don't think there is a hard and fast yes or no answer to any of this stuff. You can always find things in books that are now considered classics. You, you can find things that would be inappropriate for certain audiences based on their age. But that doesn't make them any less classics, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they should be excised from a school library. Catcher in the Rye came up in this. And just because there are some lines in books or in a book that are racy, mm-hmm. is the best word I have for it, doesn't mean that, I don't know what the fear is if kids read that, but it doesn't mean they're going to imitate that behavior. No, and, and and most of the time when we get into you know doing these things and going through and banning books and all of that is, or taking books out of libraries, it, what happens is you end up getting broad brushed and, and stupid decisions are made. And I know this because one of them was made in my school when I was in sixth grade. Um, there was a, a, a book by Judy Bloom called forever i didn't read it but one of the girls who was in my class in sixth grade was reading the book and our teacher who happened to also be the principal of the school found out that the f word was in that book once and it was it was in the context yeah it was in the context of two women talking to each other and one asked the other one did you do that okay and that was it that was that was the big thing that was his sticking point so what he did in response to that was banned judy bloom from the school entirely not only banned from the library but you couldn't bring anything in either that had her name on it including things like tales of a fourth grade nothing yeah i know her to be more of a a, a writer that we she writes we kids read books. when we were in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. And and she now she wrote books for kids and she wrote books mm-hmm. for adults as well. And that was that was the real problem. So when you end up getting broad brush like that and somebody makes a, a ridiculous decision based on something that they can go and fearmonger parents and say, This is what your kids are being exposed to. Yeah, only if they go through the library and start digging through the LGBTQ section. And mm-hmm. and if your kids are doing that, maybe you should have a conversation with them as to why they're doing that. Yeah, you also deny kids quality works of literature by taking things out because of one word or or multiple. I mean, there could be a lot in it that's questionable, but that doesn't mean it's not also got some quality writing in it. Sure. Text lines come. Feel free to give us a call. 913-586-7798. I, again, this started with a story of a senator who pulled out, um, and that was poor word choice, but he chose particularly <laughs> racy I'll, I'll just keep coming back yeah. to that word phrasing I mean, that i'm not that i can't even repeat and this is nothing new i mean this this same ridiculous fit was thrown over heather has two mommies 25 years ago yeah right yeah and what was the danger in that mm-hmm. like what 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 did that cause as a result of of Kids being aware of that. And that's really, I mean, more than anything, that's what I wonder about is what exactly is the fear? What What is, what's the worst case scenario for a kid reading a book? No matter what the book is, honestly. what's going to turn the kid gay. Go, oh, come on. It's, that's the, <laughs> that's what people won't admit. That's the fear. Is it really? I mean, is it that simple? Is it because... I'm I'm still uh, and I've been walking this planet for a few years now. I'm I'm still trying to figure out what and at what point in my life could have turned me gay, and I haven't come up with anything yet. I like women too much, so I you know. <laughs> but those are the same people that think it can be changed. Yeah, one way or another. It's funny how none of them think they could have been changed. 
Oh boy, here we go. I just I always thought that was odd. It's like, oh, well, well, yeah. you're gay. We're going to turn you straight. Does that mean somebody could turn you gay? Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. We can go to the phone. Let's go to uh, Ashley and KCK and see what she's <laughs> thinking about. Hey, Ashley. Hi, I am an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. My children, 15 and 7, are welcome to read anything they want. And if they have questions, I want them to come to me and talk to me about it. This is, one, people trying to impose their idea of morality on others. Two, parents who don't want to have difficult conversations with their boys or their children. My boys have seen Pulp Fiction. They're 15 and 17. I told them, you got any questions about it? Let's talk. Is there anything that I need to explain to you? Because there are some pretty off-the-wall scenes in that movie. This is what being a parent means. Let your child read those things. Reading encourages critical thinking, but God forbid any child should be exposed to anything except for this singular way of thinking. I hate it. It drives me crazy. And I will be the first to step up at a school meeting and say, which books do you want banned? Okay, boys, these are the books you have to read right now, because those are the things that make us think. For God's sake, let kids think. Let kids form opinions. And don't even get me started on the whole turning somebody gay thing. (laughs) I've had relationships with women. I've had relationships with men. I've dated black men. I've dated black women. I've dated white men. I've dated white black men. It doesn't matter. You love who you love. There's nothing we can do about it. Stop putting labels on everybody. Well, sure. And and what I would add to that is if 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 you as a parent, if you weren't you, if, if your opinion wasn't your opinion and you thought that there were nefarious influences out there and you didn't want your kid exposed to them, I would absolutely tell you, tell your kid not to read that book. But you've you got under- more- to understand that when you do that, your kid's going to ask you why. And your kid's going to want to read that book. My mom told (laughs) me for years and years and years, don't smoke cigarettes. Don't smoke cigarettes. I've been a smoker for 34 years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just the way. Whenever they ban these books, it makes the kids absolutely curious as to, ooh, why are they banning this book? Ooh, why are we not supposed to watch this movie? That's all that it does. But when you expose your children to it, they aren't, you know, my kids have no desire that I know of to smoke cigarettes. My kids have no desire that I know of to smoke, to drink alcohol, because I have been very open with them and honest with them, not hidden things from them. I've talked to them about it. Kids aren't stupid. Please quit treating them like they are idiots. That's, uh, Ashley, thank you. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for the call. See, that, I think, even more than... Well, I can't say even more then, but in in addition to what you said, which is you know the fear is that we're going to you know raise a generation of gay kids or whatever it is, is is that what what I think a certain contingent of parents is doing is trying desperately and and in any way that they possibly can to avoid ever having an uncomfortable conversation with their own kids because they don't know how to do it. And they they wouldn't know. That's their problem. Right. Oh, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So if they don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation with their kids, that's fine. But don't take something away from my kid because you're scared to talk to yours.
913-586-7798. Smithville is where we head next to get Brett on with us. Hi, Brett. Hey, guys. How's it going? I, I think we're missing a bigger picture here when we talk about, you know, what's what's the push behind all this. Uh, there's something called rapid onset gender dysphoria that basically what it amounts to is the trans population before it became a huge issue and before it was brought into the limelight with social media and everything else, you're, you're looking at less than a, you're looking at a fraction of a percentage. Um, what has happened in the teenage population, they've actually had to come up with a term to describe it and they're calling it rapid onset gender dysphoria. Uh, and there's another term for like peer group gender dysphoria. What happens is nowadays, if, one person in a peer group comes out as trans, there's almost a hundred percent chance that other people in that peer group of kids are going to be like, Oh, I'm trans too. And you know, you can't ignore the fact that kids still have a head full of mush when they're in school. They really do. They're very influenceable. And the bottom line is if you think you are a bigger influence than their peer group at that age, you're nuts. So how do the books work into this? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's just a matter of why does there need to be a whole section with, I mean, basically, you know, with, with, you know, okay, there's an LGBTQ section in the school library. Mm-hmm. Why does there need to be? Why can't those Why books can't there be? be mixed in with the other books? And and when you bring light to it, um, you know, the previous caller was kind of correct. If you if you make it this big, mysterious, taboo thing, well, yeah. Well, it doesn't need to be a taboo thing. Basically, fine, have a book about being trans, being gay, whatever, but make the standard more across the board that would cover all books. Like – if if you have something that's basically pornographic in nature, like a, a graphically described sex scene, it, it wouldn't matter whether that was, you know, uh, LGBTQ related or not. Basically, if you couldn't read it in front of a kid without getting arrested, you, you know, maybe that book shouldn't be in a school library. Then why I aren't mean, there they, needs to be a little well, common the, sense? Then why aren't they trying to ban Jaws? Well, you know that that goes into the whole discussion of violence versus you know graphic no 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 no, no. you you, you said books with graphic sex scenes in them jaws has one i was so, unaware of that okay so well, then but, it should then if it's basically if a teacher would get fired for reading it to a kid i i personally don't think it belongs in a school library regardless of what it is whether it's tom sawyer and huck finn uh using the n-word numerous times through the book whether it's a graphic sex scene, whether it's a book that glorifies school shooters. I, I just feel like we're getting too far away. School is becoming too um, not socialized. That's not the right word. I, I feel like school's there for a reason. It's to, you know, it should be more STEM oriented. It should be more physical fitness oriented. The, the, not English? You know, the, Reading in English, not so much? Well, okay. STEM does read, not include read. English. But that's Science, what books technology, are. engineering, and mathematics. Well, but okay. not reading. Well, you're you're talking to a guy that my wife corrects my grammar on a regular basis. I'm not correcting so your grammar. I'm asking you. You said it should be more STEM oriented. 
that does not include reading in English, which is what books are. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it should include reading in English, right, too, obviously. Right. It, I, it should I, I, be more I, academic we're, oriented. We're late for a break. I just want to clarify something. Did you really say you think Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn should be banned from school libraries? They they are. I mean, that's the bottom line. No, no, do you they think are. they should be? Do I think they should be in this current social climate? I mean, people are killing each other over this stuff. I mean, we got to get to a break. Yes or no? Do you do you think Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn should be banned from school libraries? And not really. I think we should live in a climate where that's not necessary. Okay, I I was curious why you made the case that they should be, and now you're saying they shouldn't be. But uh, okay, we we, we've got to get to a break. Uh, All right, I know we have a bunch of you on hold. We'll get to as many calls as we can next on KMBZ. Oh, you're fired up now. Uh, We don't do this very often, but we got to this topic very late and got calls very late. So we will take who we can here, which won't be much. If you are willing to hold after one o'clock, we'll take your calls. Let's go back to it and bring in Bill in Sugar Creek. Hey, Bill. Bill. Bill? Hello? Hi, Bill. Oh, hi. <laughs> Did we surprise you? <laughs> Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, I, th- I think you guys already covered it. This kind of reminds me of when Tipper Gore wanted to put uh, labels on albums for oh, yeah. dirty lyrics. And Frank Zappa said, hey, that sounds like a real good idea to let people know what to actually get instead of leave them alone. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear exactly what you said. What did Zappa say? He said that uh, it sounds like a good idea to put the labels on so the kids would know what albums were dirty and oh, not. right, yeah, so, so that they would know which them. which ones to go yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, throwing the tantrum over it is, is going to do the same thing. Bill, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a point well made. Zappa was a pretty smart guy. But, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't remember Tipper Gore ever calling, again, for uh, a warning label to be put on Jefferson Airplanes, the worst of Jefferson Airplane. And that had, uh, boy, F-words and MFers and all that stuff all over the album. And curiously, that one didn't garner a label. Um. We have about 45 seconds. Colin's telling me now. Okay, we don't have time to... T- Debbie, Maddie, Aaron, um, I just don't think we have enough time to get calls on. And I want you all to have enough time to make your point. So if you can stay here and hold on. Again, the reason we got into the story initially was uh, there is a Senate hearing going on about banning books. And to make a point, there was one particular lawmaker who pulled out some of the dirtiest lines of a couple of books he could find to make a point. Yeah, read them into the congressional record and all of that. And, uh, you know, somebody pointed out on the text line, it's curious that this comes from, you know, this, this you know, pulling books out of libraries and stuff comes from the same folks generally speaking, who whine a lot about cancel culture Mm -hmm. and wanted to know, doesn't this count as cancel culture? And I think it does. Ooh, you with irony. Mm. All right, well, think about that one. Uh, If you want to hang on, we'll get to your calls next year on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.